Happy New Year! I hope you've had a really good Christmas seeing family and friends and enjoying yourselves. I'm really privileged to be launching our new teaching series and it focuses on our values and our rhythms around God's priorities at this time, both as a church and as a charity. Now, they are to build compassionate community, to be empowering, be pioneering and lastly, creative. But today I want to just focus on building compassionate community. Now what comes to mind when I say compassionate community? In asking a few others, they've said things like caring for neighbours, that was Clive Webb, looking out for each other's needs like a family would. For example, doing a meal rota for those who've just had a new baby, but also taking that out and doing that for our friends who aren't part of the church community. That was Abby Barclay. DIY SOS, the church community helping to make some essential repairs and renovations to Vix and Andy's house when she was pregnant with Otis and Paulie. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Making sure everyone is included and caring for others' needs. That was Naomi's thoughts. And Eden had this to say. What does compassionate community mean for you? Um, it means making sure everyone feels included, um, even if they're like your, not your cup of tea, but just making sure they feel welcome and know that you're always there or there's always someone that they can talk to you. Brilliant. And have you got an example of where that's happened in your life? Um, there's been some difficulties with my friends at school and one of the girls was pushed out a bit. Um, she then found like a new friend group, but we still made sure, she, uh, I still made sure she knew that she could like come back to us if she wanted to by inviting us to her, inviting her to my birthday thing. And I think she came and had an awesome time. Yeah, I think she had a good time as well. Thank you. Thank you to Eden. It's so important to be inclusive in our friendships, welcoming those that are on the outside and inviting them to be part of community with us. So what is the dictionary definition of a compassionate community? It's a group of people belonging to the same neighbourhood or de demographic made up of those who are concerned and interested in the quality of life of the members of the community and who take responsibility to care for each other, encouraging, facilitating, supporting and celebrating in life together, even in life's most testing moments. Now many of us have experienced that as part of church community, the care and concern shown by those around us, and encouragement, especially through dark and difficult times. And this makes me think of Cordelia, Runa and Isaac, and they've had a long and difficult eight year journey towards their leave to remain here in the UK, which they've finally received in December. So persevering in prayer, hanging on to God's promises and words to us individually is so important. But we really need one another, don't we, to do that and to hang in there together in testing times. Because we also celebrate the joys and the victories. And Cordelia's leave to remain is one of many that I'm personally going to be celebrating for a long time yet. Thank you, God. 
So the last two years with the pandemic has emphasised our need for each other um, in testing times. We needed to be concerned and interested in the quality of the life of those who were around us. Maybe it was work colleagues, maybe it was your family, the elderly or sick who were shielding or isolating, maybe our neighbours or you yourself. And shopping needed collecting, didn't it? And care shown. And it showed us that it's really difficult to exist independently and in isolation. Some of us got to know our neighbours more during this time, I know Naomi and I did, and those living in our streets, in our blocks of flat flats. And we became more aware of our interconnectedness and the importance of taking responsibility to care for one another and to understand people's needs. Now, as individuals, we may be part of several communities. You may be part of your school, college, um, workplace, community, your street, maybe part of a gym or a sports club, or where you serve and volunteer. There are many different groupings and settings where we're connected with others. So how, how do we live out being compassionate community there? being concerned and interested in their quality of life, taking responsibility and caring for them, checking for those with needs, as the definition said. Now I know from speaking to many of you that you are living this out in your different settings, in your workplace, and it would be so encouraging to hear your experiences and your stories from the GP practice, the university, your office, the school, the hospital, the farm, or out and, when you're out and about visiting clients. Thinking of ourselves as chaplains, where we live, where we work, is really helpful. A chaplain carries the presence of God and walks alongside others, showing care and compassion, not trying to fix or rescue, but offering prayer and pointing others to God. As many of you know, I'm a chaplain to women performing in the street, three strip clubs in the city. And several weeks ago, I was visiting a club with Abby Barkley, our newest Amber chaplain for Amber. And we got chatting to women about Christmas. And a woman shared that she was really dreading the family Christmas get together, um, the kind of meal on Christmas Day as it often came with conflict between her and her siblings. And we listened and asked questions and eventually got to ask what she'd like us to pray for. And she asked if we would pray for her family for that day and for peace instead of conflict, particularly on Christmas Day. And we did pray um, and I look forward to asking her how it went. Now this felt a really precious interaction where this lady was open, she was real with us and she shared her vulnerability and we were able to offer prayer. Now being open, real, vulnerable are keys, aren't they, to building good relationships and building community. And the added element that we bring as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is the presence of God, which is not to be underestimated. 
And when we ask if there's anything we can pray for, this so often takes conversations to a more, more personal um, and vulnerable place. And it's amazing what happens when we pray with people in the moment. My previous boss uh, said about hearing me pray that it sounded like I was talking to someone I really loved and she just felt really moved by it. Others can feel the supernatural presence of God when we pray, even when we don't. And so many of the people I meet share specific needs when asked. It's often relating to health, often relating to relationships especially. So I want to encourage us to be bold and ask those that we're in community with, in our workplaces or wherever, if there's anything they'd like us to pray for, you'll be surprised at the response. And asking people this question, it communicates care um, and most are touched to be asked. So praying for our workplaces and the needs of our colleagues is a powerful demonstration of compassionate community. Because we are priests that stand in the gap for those that don't know him yet. And this is a really privileged position. And our prayers are powerful and effective, as it says in James 5.16. So let's, let's be bold and courageous to come to the throne of God with our prayers for our friends and colleagues. At Clive's business, which is Redbox, as many of you know, Several people there have received healing prayer. Now the general manager, who's more like a son to Clive and Bev than an employee, was the first to receive healing prayer. Um, he was in a very low place following his marriage breakdown. And now he brings others when they need it. Um, and it builds the staff of Redbox into a community or a family rather than just a staff team. So be encouraged that we, we are those who can lead on building community in our different settings. I would never have imagined that God would have me building community in our strip clubs, getting to know the managers, the staff, the performers, considering their needs, um, taking responsibility to care and growing people in that same ethos. Because it isn't just about us doing it, it's about everyone playing the, their part. So whether we see ourselves as chaplains or not, we can enable and facilitate everyone making their contribution and being a community builder, not just a recipient. Because as we know, community thrives when everyone plays their part. Now the early Acts Church must be one of the best examples of this. And we read that in Acts 2. 42 to 47 um, and Acts 4 as well gives a brilliant description. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. So no one was in need. Now this is our model and example to practice. I feel really expectant and excited because I think the journey that God has our church family on is moving towards gathering more regularly in smaller communities gives us more opportunities to be radical, to be like the early Acts church, to be inclusive, welcoming friends and neighbours into our homes, practising hospitality and eating together, praying and worshipping and making sure no one is in need. Personally, I'm challenged by this radical lifestyle. It's full of passion, but it's also full of sacrifice prayer and dependence on the Holy Spirit and I need God to restore my love and passion for him to heal my heart and this has been our prayer together hasn't it as City Life. Come Holy Spirit and prepare our hearts for all you want to do because it's in the transformation of our hearts that will that will make us more like him, more like our Heavenly Father who is compassionate and loving. When we look at Jesus and how he lived in community, I feel so inspired. We read that he ate, he spent time with those on the margins, the outcasts of society. He showed value and gave dignity to women, the poor, those who were deemed unclean, the Roman oppressors and even racial enemies. As he traveled from place to place, preaching, teaching, he had compassion on the crowds and particularly and healed their sick. So Jesus showed us love in action. Healing the lepers, giving dignity and worth to the woman who had the issue of blood. She was, had been ill for 12 years. He fed large crowds who came to listen to him. And I guess this is compassion isn't it? It's not just to feel sympathy for someone, to feel sorry for them, but actually be compelled to do something to ease their pain and their suffering. And it says in the Bible that Jesus was motivated, he was compelled, he was moved in his guts by love for others. And at the moment, much of the world is overwhelmed by the needs and the trials of the day. There's a lot of compassion fatigue around where people are protecting their hearts. We don't want to be overwhelmed. So it's important we let God stir our hearts, move us and compel us to do the things that he has for us to do. He knows the difference we can make where we are. He knows our, our capacity, our limitations and our circumstances. And he also knows how to equip us to make a difference without being further burdened. If we are to show love and compassion and build compassionate community, we need to be motivated by the one who is love and respond to his spirit's leading where we are. It's not about us trying to fix or rescue everyone or everything. 
but just to play our part in his big redemptive story. So are our hearts open to God to trust him and allow him to compel us to make a difference where we can? Or are we suffering from compassion fatigue, fearful he'll, he will overwhelm us? If our hearts feel fearful or hard, let's ask him for a fresh revelation of his love for us and his heart for others, particularly those who don't know him yet. When we do pray for a softened heart and strategy for where God has placed us, he will give us keys and opportunities. Rosie recently shared with me some keys that she'd been given by God to building compassionate community in her workplace, which could apply to some of us in our different settings. Her context is as a hospital doctor, where it's hard to build team because she doesn't work more than once with the same team in her shift pattern. She has responsibility for the team for that shift, but she doesn't, but not the top responsibility with power and influence over the organisation and over management. It's a very stressful and a pressured environment, both for staff and, and for patients. And there are multiple tasks and competing agendas um, so capacity and resources are stretched. And into this challenging workplace and role, Rosie felt God em emphasised some keys from a talk by Justin Welby. And they are to receive God's value for her at the start of each day, but also especially before going to work and starting her shift receive that sense of value, that God's love for her, and that applies to all of us, doesn't it? We need that at the start of each day. To be present in each situation, not multitasking, but listening intently to the person in front of us. I know that's a big one. Um, because so often we want to get things done quickly and efficiently and we can be tempted, can't we, to be responding to multiple things in a moment. But to be present in each situation, so key. The other key was to be curious. Stepping aside from the pressure of needing to get things done, but to take a moment to stop to pause and reflect and in that she felt to ask others around her what were their priorities, what was important to them. That feels so important doesn't it that we are those uh, as the definition said that are caring for others, taking responsibility to meet others needs. Another key was to work for the success of colleagues rather than personal success. To be looking out for others, for celebrating their, their victories, the things they do well uh, in the days, in, in, our, in their tasks, etc. And celebrating those and not always to, not looking to push ourselves forward and what we're doing well. Again, what, what a godly characteristic that is. She also felt to promote taking rest and 
breaks. Now it's easy to think, isn't it, in a busy day, and particularly I should imagine in a hospital setting, that it'd be easier to just power through and not take a break when there's so many things to do. And yet, promoting rest, promoting breaks, um, actually gives us more to offer into our situations and probably in the long term helps our tasks to be done more efficiently and well. So yeah, promote taking rest and breaks. And lastly, she felt God say that she should be quick to own her mistakes and to really encourage debrief and re reflection within her team. So not rushing on to the next task, but actually taking time to unpick it and see what, what went well and what didn't. Now, these keys, these practices that, that Rosie's been given by God, they may only affect one person here or there, but he's shown her that they're sowing seeds of cultural change and that she can trust him that being present is like a prayer in itself. And sowing these seeds are like prayers which weave a gold thread into every shift and that he can be trusted with the outcome. Just think those are really beautiful and something for us to consider and take on. And how many may apply to you in your setting where you are and there may be others um, that God would want to add in for your situation your setting as well and I just encourage you to go to him um, for those keys for being and building compassionate community where you are. So I'd love to just close by praying for us. Father you are full of compassion and grace. Thank you that you love us. Bring a fresh revelation of this love to our hearts today. Soften our hearts and let us be affected by the needs of those around us and in our settings. Give us the keys and the strategies to transform the culture around our workplaces and communities. And everyone said, Amen. Bless you. Hope to see you soon. Thank you.